Hello everyone, I'd like to kindly welcome our audience members. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoy this session where we discuss techniques for incident management to support network operations planning. My name is Liz Esteban and I'm the moderator in today's session here to provide any technical support. If you are experiencing any issues, you can get in touch by using the chat box in your webinar toolbar. This webinar is proudly brought to you by Osroads. Osroads support this member organisation, those listed here, to deliver an improved road transport network. Osroads members are collectively responsible for managing 900,000 kilometres of roads, valued at more than $20 billion. Our collective approach delivers value for money, encourages shared knowledge, and drives consistency for road users. As for the layout of this webinar, the presentation will run for approximately 35 minutes and then we have 15 minutes at the end where we answer your questions. We are also recording today's session and we'll be sharing the footage on the conclusion of the webinar. The slides to this webinar is also available to download in the handout section. We'd love for you to send us your questions that you have for our presenters. You can type your questions into the question box that you can see into the sidebar at any stage. When submitting your question, please indicate the slide number your question relates to. We'll then answer them at the end during question time. This webinar is based on a report that Osteroids released just last month. If you haven't already done so, you can download this report in the handout section in your sidebar. We have also recorded or included in the handout the 2007 Osteroids report based on traffic incident management best practice, which we thought would be useful for you. The objective of this session is to give you an overview of contemporary local and international incident management practices and a harmonised traffic internet management framework that supports network operations planning. Today we're grateful to have two presenters joining us. They're both from ARB in Sydney. Dr. R. Kando Charup is a senior research engineer and is also the research leader for this project. He has over 15 years experience in road transport, traffic management, road safety and integrated transport planning. We also have Asif Hassan, who is a professional engineer at ARB and is also the co-author of this Osroads report. He has over five years' experience in traffic safety and engineering, network operations and modelling, and driver distraction. So for the agenda today, we have Art presenting first, and he will cover the project background and introduction. We will then discuss traffic internet management techniques from literature review. Asif will then present contemporary TIM practices in Australasia and TIM principles and framework. So it's my pleasure to hand it over to our first presenter, Art. Um, thank you, Alice, and hello, everyone. Um, I will start my presentation with the project background and introduction. Traffic incident management or TIM is an evolving area of road transport management because of its complexity in managing multi-agency, multi-jurisdictional responses to road traffic disruptions. In recognition of the intelligent transport system and other transport data collection technologies, such as smartphone and Bluetooth, Osroad has identified the lack of a nationally agreed incident management framework across the member organization as a gap in the team knowledge. The Australian Road Research Board has been engaged by Osroad to investigate team techniques which would support network operation and planning. The project objective involves a literature review, a review of current Australian and New Zealand practices in order to identify the leading practices, a stakeholder consultation that includes project working group that represents Australian jurisdictions, and a development of framework and principles. The development of the framework based on contemporary leading practices and techniques would enable an integrated approach to road network and safety management. Uh, 
as part of the literature review, Oxford Project NS1017 was identified as a significant milestone in establishing an ongoing improvement process in TIM in Australia and New Zealand. As shown in the figure on the left-hand side here, the project consisted of six tasks. The first five tasks resulted in five publications, all published in 2007. The project identified TIM as a process of man managing multi-agency, multi-jurisdictional response to traffic incidents. It also incorporated the planning, management, operation, and review of incident management activities. A number of TIM techniques from incident detection and traveler information are identified in the best practice report as mentioned earlier, earlier by Alice. The 2007 project included a very useful diagram that show a timeline of team event from number one to number nine. Incident, incident occurrence in number one, the incident is detected and verified in number two and three. The response is dis dispatched and arrived on the scene in number four and five. Traffic is diverted through traffic management control and devices in number six. The site in, is investigated and the incident is clear in number seven and nine, and the normal traffic return in number nine. The diagram also identifies activity associated with dealing with the incident, including from the top, traveler information, traffic management, site management, detection, verification, response, site investigation, clearance, and recovery. All of these events and activities are included in the incident duration definition. The focus of the literature review for team techniques are related to five activities that are detection and verification, response, traffic management, and traveler information. These activities will be discussed in more detail by SIF when talking about contemporary leading team practices. Now let's see what the team techniques are identified from the literature review. This slide shows the baseline techniques, most of which have been identified earlier in the 2007 best practice report. We have here emergency phones, in-road sensor, inductive probes, magnetometers, piezoelectric sensors, overall sensor including acoustic, infrared, laser pulse, or LiDAR, pneumatic tube, radar, and ultrasonic. Video camera system or CCTV, in-vehicle sensor, automatic incident detection, traffic incident watch by professional driver, static traffic road space management devices, adaptive traffic control and communication devices, including variable message size and variable speed limit, service patrol and incident response unit. The first emerging technique that is discussed in the report is smartphone and GNSS. The continuing improvement of location-aware mobile devices is considered a significant milestone in traffic data collection technology for traffic system planning management, including traffic incident management. With access to global navigation satellite system and are equipped with accelerometer, gyroscopic sensor, and a compass, Smartphones have versatile sensing applications, such as being able to locate the position of the user, being able to identify mode of travel and origin and destination patterns, as well as assisting road network management. Section 2.2 of the report outlines some examples of how the mobile phone data are utilized to improve traffic operation and incident management. Cooperative ITS involves specialized vehicle-to-vehicle -vehicle and vehicle-to-infrastructure communications. Dedicated short-range communication, or DSRC, is a primary component of CITS. There are essentially two physical components, onboard and roadside units. Transport agency would be responsible for roadside unit deployment because of their use in traffic network control and management, 
both as a mean of collecting traffic data and for sending information to vehicles. There is an opportunity to utilize real-time social media and crowdsourcing to expedite the detection of a traffic incident. Examples are Waze and Twitter. Waze encourages users to provide information in order to support the user community which fit into the sharing economy idea. Also, research shows that an analysis of Twitter feeds can report congestion and traffic incidents. This type of sensing data provides additional insight into the journey by the user of social media apps and as such can, in theory, improve the team process. The last emerging technique that is identified in the project is drones for traffic data. Drones can be fitted with navigation system, high-resolution cameras, and high-capacity data collection links. Drones can be used as a potential tool to collect data and information on traffic movements. There's also an opportunity to utilize 3D laser scanning drones to improve incident clearance by collecting data quickly with good survey accuracy to permit incident reconstruction and subsequent investigation by the police and road agencies. This table shows a summary of baseline team techniques. Most of the techniques are mentioned before, but what I'd like to draw your attention to is the ability for the majority of the baseline techniques that can only facilitate a certain number of identified team activities. For example, in-road sensors and overall sensors can only enable incident detection and support incident response. The only exception is the manual operation of service patrol and response unit that can facilitate the whole spectrum of what required in the team process. For the emerging team techniques, as you can see, unlike many of the baseline techniques, each of the new and emerging techniques is able to enable or support all team steps from incident detection to traveler information. And now is the end of my presentation. Before I, I hand it over to Asif, I'd like to re remind everyone to type in any, any question you may have. Asif. Thank you, Art. Now I'm going to talk about contemporary best practices in different jurisdictions across Australasia. The image describes five phases of integrated process for traffic incident management or IPTIM. For each IPTIM phase, the contemporary leading practices have been identified from a review of current incident management practice in Australia and New Zealand. The first phase, the first step of the IPTIM phase is multi-agency collaboration. Effective traffic incident management operations require good interagency coordination and cooperation. Road traffic and transport agencies, for example, the police, fire brigade, ambulance services, are the primary organizations involved in traffic incident management in most jurisdictions across Australia and New Zealand. However, the roles and responsibilities of the responding agencies vary according to stakeholder and jurisdictions. Setting up a formal agreement or memorandum of understanding among responsible agencies can help in the achievement of more efficient management of traffic incidents. These agreements reduce the possibility of misunderstanding, disagreements, delays, and inefficiencies in resolving traffic incidents. For example, in Victoria, a memorandum of understanding on road clearance has been signed between Victoria Police and Vic Roads. The image on the right-hand side identifies the priority roads at the time of any traffic-related incident. The incident parameters and responsibilities between participating agencies can also be seen from the image. This is a result of the MOU, or Memorandum of Understanding, signed by all participating agencies in NSW in 2010. The next stage is the planning stage. 
To ensure the most effective response in a timely manner, planning for potential traffic incident scenarios is important step. Proper planning will enable an appropriate level of service to be achieved. Proper planning includes many things, such as assigning potential workload and planned response by different categories, including the location of the incident, the level of incident, time of day, and day of week on, of critical traffic networks. Most jurisdictions in Australia follow the current practice of planning for traffic incident management recommended by Austroads in the NS1017 project. It highlights the requirements of a planning team to progress the planning and management of incidents along with the development of agreed objectives and desired outcomes, as well as the understanding of the completing objective of the various responders. For example, Transport Agency in New Zealand uses the Coordinated Incident Management Systems, or SIMS, to establish the structure, roles, and processes in managing traffic-related incident response. The fundamental elements of the response structures, functions, processes, and common terminology are reported in the SIMS. There are five response levels in the SIMS that are national, regional, local, incident, and community, and most incidents require only the activation of one or two response levels. Usually, large-scale incidents require all levels of response to be activated. The next phase is traffic incident management or TIM. The TIM process can be characterized by incident management activities from detection and verification to site management and traffic clearance. The aim of these components is to provide a quick, effective, and well-coordinated response in order to minimize the duration and the impact of, an, of a traffic incident. The first two steps of TIM are incident detection and verification. Most of the jurisdictions across Australia and New Zealand have embraced different technologies to detect and verify incidents in transport network. For example, closed-circuit television, automatic incident detection algorithms, add-in sites, CATs, and so on. Other technologies are also used to detect incidents, such as pneumatic tubes, microwave radar, video image detection, vehicle probes, Bluetooth, and mobile phone location. For verification purpose, most of the jurisdictions rely heavily on field units. For example, in early 2012, the Department of Planning, Transport and Infrastructure, DPTI, in South Australia undertook a comprehensive survey of network travel times utilizing Bluetooth technology. After successful completion of that project, DPTI have developed a product called AdInsight based on the technology utilized during the survey. The original purpose of this system was to estimate travel times across the transport network in real time. However, the system also assists in the identification of incidents as well as to monitor incidents and roadworks. AdInsight also has the ability to provide customized messages in response to an incident and can be up to 200 characters in length, which allows it to provide considerably more information than a VMS. The next stage is response to traffic incidents and to clear traffic incident in a safe and timely manner. A proper response necessitates understanding of the incident location, nature, and scope. In most jurisdictions, response to traffic incident is categorized according to the nature and the severity of the incident. Osroads, in the NS1017 project, has proposed a five-level incident classification depending on the expected duration and nature of the incident. Table on the right-hand side shows a comprehensive classification of incidents to assist in appropriate and fast responses. To respond to an incident more quickly, Department of Transport and Main Roads in Queensland is actively rolling out an emergency vehicle priority or EVP system across Queensland. Emergency vehicles such as ambulances and fire engines are fitted with technology to trigger traffic light sequence so that Respondents can travel from their depot to an incident site as quickly and as safely as possible. The EVP system uses a computer-aided dispatch and GPS and traffic management information to determine the location of the emergency vehicle and the predicted arrival time at next set of traffic light. Once the emergency vehicle has passed, the traffic lights will return to a normal operation, minimizing the disruption to other road users. 
the next step of the traffic incident management is traffic management itself traffic management incorporates the application of traffic control measures in the incident affected precincts to minimize traffic disruption at the same time maintaining a safe workplace for responders traffic management procedures vary based on the type of road diversion route and the weight and size of vehicles some common traffic management procedures are establishing point traffic control on scene filtering traffic past the incident scene detouring traffic onto an alternative route contraflow management end of queue management and so on for example in western australia police use laser scanning survey equipment to quickly capture a permanent three dimensional 360 degree image of the accident scene in great detail the final step of team is to disseminate the incident related information to road users responsible agencies across australasia use different sources or technologies to disseminate incident related information for example vms radio broadcasts internet or online services smartphone application telephone information and so on however this dissemination can be improved by extracting real time incident related data from social media south australia uses the ad insight system that includes a complementary smartphone app it provides road users with real time incident or congestion information the ad insight system also provides the traffic management center with raw traffic data from about 15% of the traffic using that network the next phase of the integrated process for traffic incident management or eptim is performance evaluation and it is one of the key factors in any type of incident management practice performance evaluation guides the investigation of investment options it helps to determine policies and assists to estimate the return on investment and assess different options also it can assist in the evaluation of performance by monitoring and reviewing the performance by measuring achievements against the set of objectives transport agencies largely collect information about all aspects of traffic incidents such as the arrival and departure times of all response services to measure the team performance the last phase of the eptim process is capability development in the austroads ns 1017 project for traffic incident management capabilities can be improved firstly within individual agencies and secondly across multiple agencies various state local transport agencies provide in-house courses plus some interagency desktop and field training these type of training activities solely focus on the usage of software tools and equipment used for incident management however there are very limited opportunities for training courses in the area of traffic incident management in educational or transport agencies across australasia and new zealand microscopic simulation modeling is an effective tool to show how an incident develops over time across a transport network so microscopic simulation modeling tool can be used to know the better men for the traffic incident management finally with growing technological influence different team stages of traffic different stages of traffic incident management utilize different technologies therefore capability development towards technological advancements should be given greater priority now i'm going to talk about the proposed traffic incident management framework which is underpinned by seven principles it will provide road network managers and incident managers and service providers main guidance and a common understanding of the ongoing processes for in integrating traffic incident management approaches the first principle is interjurisdictional and multi-agency collaboration the importance of stakeholder coordination in order to establish a collective agreement for a quick response is evident clearly defined roles and responsibilities among all agencies before during and after the incident are critical because it is important to ensure a sense of urgency in safely reestablishing the normal traffic condition the next principle is modular structure with a common language it is important that the structure of multi agency response team can be adapted to suit different levels of incidents 
A common language with consistent agreed terminology is critical for effective communication during each stage of team process. The third principle is multi-stage incident response planning. A clear planning is required from incident detection to traffic recovery, also for operational planning, performance evaluation, and process improvements. The next stage or the next principle is prioritization of team initiatives for value for money. Rather than focusing on completely on the delay reducing benefits, agencies should focus on a process to evaluate net benefits which is value for money and should take into account the triple bottom line that includes economic or financial, social and environmental implications. The next principle is quick clearance policy. Unless there is a good justification, a thorough investigation is required for a major incident. Quick clearance is a fundamental principle in traffic incident management. Relevant laws, policies, and procedures should also reflect this. The principle about quick clearance policy was discussed with the project working group for the purpose of this project. Project working group members in more detail as there is always a tension between the quick clearance objective and the need for a proper investigation, for instance, by the police, as a result of major crash or high-risk incident. Measures for a better collaboration across stakeholders were identified, including the use of a memorandum of understanding, better police access to the traffic management center, and technology for quicker site investigation, such as 3D laser scanners and drones to minimize traffic disruption. The next principle is technological adaptation at various team stages. Intelligent Transport System, or ITS, provides road user support services at different incident management stages, from user information, traffic management, advanced vehicle controls, and data warehousing services. Therefore, technology needs to be adapted at various stages of team. And finally, feedback evaluation, and continuous improvement. A post-incident review, ongoing process, processes, evaluation, and capability building are equally important for improving traffic incident management practices. Now, I'm going to talk about the traffic incident management framework itself. The goal of the framework is to normal traffic restored quickly and safely with an objective to provide a quick effective and coordinated incident response to safely restore normal traffic flow. The primary goal of the framework is to present the many aspects of incident management in a systematic and harmonized manner. The framework is underpinned by seven management principles that I have recently discussed. It also includes five phases of IPTIM activities. It should be noted that the IPTIM is an iterative process that starts with multi-agency collaboration, which is followed by planning for team, traffic incident management itself, performance evaluation, and finally, capability development. In my previous slides, I have discussed the best practices in relation to each phase across Australian jurisdictions. The last part of the framework provides some examples of team techniques at each phase within the EAP team process. For example, some techniques at team stages are the adaptation of different emerging technologies that my colleague Art has already discussed in his presentation. So this is all from our side. Thank you everyone for attending the webinar. Now we are happy to answer all your questions. If you have any question, please type the question on the dedicated question box on the right hand side. Thank you again. Yeah, thank you SF and Art for presenting. Um, as if, thank you, um, go to the next slide, yeah, excellent, excellent. Um, so thank you to those who've sent through their questions. Um, just a reminder to those who haven't sent through, you could submit them in the question section on the side. So the first question that we have is from Daniel, which is, is there any study regarding the role of road safety cameras, i.e. speed cameras, in their traffic incident management? Um, not that we are aware of, but I'm sure there is something that we should look into in terms of using the speed camera in the context of incident management. 
Okay. Uh, yes. Another question is why are incident definitions limited limited to crashes? What were the time categories based on? Um, can you repeat the question again? The, um, the crash. The question was why are incident definitions limited to crashes? So that's the first question. Oh, I think the um, the crash is only an indication or an example an incident. But because we are working in the uh, road transport agency area, so so a good example is a crash, but it's only an example of an, an incident. Okay. So. And the second part of that question was, what were the time categories based on? Time category? Do you want to look into... Yes, time categories. So, um, I'm not too sure what the um, time category means. Right. Um, we, we can link it back to the, um, the planning for team because the um, different type or severity of incident will dictate certain level of service or the expectation from the public in terms of what time required for road agency and service responder to complete the um, completely return normal traffic to a normal traffic operation. So there's a link between um, the agency expectation, the community expectation, and how the planning and performance criteria has been set in relation to time, allocation, and categorization. Okay. Uh, I hope that's answered the question, David, but if there's any um, kind of further questions that you had, just send them through. So another question we had was from Edward. He's asked, how accurate is Ad Insight incident detection? And what type of incident does Ad Insight have more success in detecting? So in most of the cases, Ad Insight was able to detect the traffic-related traffic incident, that is crashes mainly. And so to the documents, the documents that we have reviewed for uh, the purpose of this project, identifies Ad Insight is capable of identifying any congestion which is within the link, and it can be again checked with the video system that what type of incidents or why the delay on that particular link has occurred. So from that point of view, Ad Insight is capable of identifying traffic-related incidents. Okay, thank you, Asif. Another question we have from David is, why was the review of TIM limited to detection and dissemination of information and didn't look at methods to respond to incidents? Um, the, because when we look at the objective of the, um, the project itself, we're wanting to look at what are the emerging techniques that can support network operation planning. And, and the, the response path is critical, but based on the literature review and the review of the practices across the jurisdiction, the focus is on the um, incident detection and verification. And with that information, it feeds into traffic management and traveler information. So I'm sure there is a scope for future research to look into how those emerging techniques can benefit the incident response. Is there anything else? Okay. I want to add one thing to that question. So if we see the current practices by Queensland, so they are currently rolling out an EVP system. So, so in that system, some technologies, they are currently using some technologies, for example, computer-aided dispatch. So whether, like, if there is any incident occurred in on any road or on any link across Queensland, so they're rolling out that EVP system that can trigger and which is connected with the signal, uh, traffic signals as well. So they can continuously monitor the traffic signal and they can change the traffic signal phasing so that they can quickly and safely pass through to the incident, incident scene from their depot and again set back the traffic signals so that the other vehicles don't get hampered by them. 
So that can be a good example in terms of technology, adaptation of technologies for response. Okay, thank you, Ajit. Uh, thanks for clarifying that one. Another question is regarding the ways incident data, has it been used by transport agencies and how reliable is the data? Um, I don't think we look at the um, incident data in particular. The focus was the technique as well as the whole iterative process of the planning and we were putting the emphasis on the planning and looking at a wider scope of traffic incident management. That's why we created IPTIM integrated process so that the practitioner and the res responder looking at a more wider um, scope in terms of planning and implementing teams. The um, data part is interesting, isn't it, as if in terms of to see how the um, reliability and consistency across jurisdiction and whether they are useful in terms of informing the improvement for the IPTIM process. Again, I want to add something to that. So during the project working group meeting, we have discussed these issues and we have come up with the currently most of the jurisdictions, uh, they use different third parties data, for example, Google Maps. And if, that, uh, if the transport agency for any particular jurisdiction develop their own maps and develop their own database for incident as well as some other traffic related information so they can minimize their cost like heavily and significantly. Because eventually the incident management will link to a normal traffic operation and network management. So then it link with the objective of real time data and the understanding of the condition and status of the network that would help with traffic incident management, I believe. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for answering that one. Another question is how useful are Twitter feeds for detecting congestion and incident events? Because at the moment, what we have seen is only in the um, in theory, really, as part of the research paper in the literature review, and and it has been proven in theory that it works in a way um, in a certain um, context. So we haven't actually seen any real practice in the real using real world data, and I think that is probably future research that we should looking into. Again, I want to add something to that. So there were some studies conducted in the U.S. So that utilizes Twitter feed data and for traffic operations to estimate or to check the travel time across the transport network. And also, like from that point of view, because I have a very limited exposure to working on that particular project. So. It is based on some algorithm that detects some keywords from the Twitter or any sort of social media feed. For example, if someone has posted, say, hashtag incident or hashtag crashes or accident, so it will pick those keywords and then check, run using that algorithm and it check like what, where the incident has occurred and then when the responders came and then it considers the timing as well. So from that point of view, it monitors and using that Twitter feed, the responder respond to that particular incident as well as detection. The main part is to detection. So detection can be done very smoothly. But again, I'm not sure whether it's been used in the, like practically in the US. So do you have a percentage of Twitter feeds that have location information? That's kind of the second part of the question as well. No, unfortunately, I'm not aware of. Okay. Uh, another question is, what are jurisdictions' opinions on using mobile phone while driving? Mobile apps does help provide help real-time information, but what is the balance between seeking traffic information versus using Twitter, Facebook while driving from an enforcement perspective? So this is an interesting question because in most jurisdictions in Australia, uh, as well as I believe in New Zealand, 
they, there is a total ban for mobile phone use while driving for learner drivers as well as restricted drivers. But unrestricted drivers or full license holder, they can use mobile phone if it is given that it is subjected to the use of hands-free device. For example, they, they used phone cradle or they used in-vehicle system for, these, uh, for the purpose of mobile phone usage. Now some of the drivers, they use navigational map, navigational map for driving to, from one point to another point. But this is an interesting thing. If they want to use that and if any crashes occur due to the use of mobile phone, so that is another important aspect of future research, I believe. But for unrestricted drivers, mobile phone is a complete ban. And it is interesting to see, it, it will be interesting to see the future research, like how to balance between these two. Okay, thank you, Lucius. The question we have from David is, why didn't the literature review look at non-ANZ frameworks for reference? Um, I think because, mainly because of the um, the Oxford jurisdiction per se in terms of the scope and the focus of the original brief. I mean, well, I'm sure we, we would want to do more in terms of that, but that's probably part of the scope in relation to Australia and New Zealand. But uh, my view that the literature review actually looking at the international and all available information in the literature, the um, Australian and New Zealand scope is applicable to the review of jurisdictional documentation and practices. Okay. Thank you, Art. Uh, another question is, what were the reasons for adopting the principles as they didn't seem to be evident in the presentation? So what are the reasons for adopting? So I, I would argue against not um, no relevant between um, literature review and the identification or development of a principle and if you look at closely at the principle, most of them are relating to the finding of the, the literature review, i.e. the collaborate, collaboration part, the feedback loop, the adaptation of technology, um, the quick clearance policy, which is the objective of the team um, techniques anyway in terms of returning all traffic to a normal um, operation. And I don't see any particular principle that's not relevant to the, the background work that we have done. Okay. Another question from Richard. So he says, are you aware of any road agencies making use of equal data in their incident management processes? The what sort of data again, sorry? The... Uh, so are you aware of any road agencies making use of e-call data in their incident management processes, so e-call? Uh, no, not that I'm aware I think we need to look into more and then get back to you in relation to that in terms of e-call. Okay. Uh, a question from Daniel. It was, was there a difference in the response times between the states? Did some practices lead to better response times? Um, so from my memory, what I can say, in NSW, the response time is around 12 minutes, if I'm not wrong. And in relation to the response time, there are different models available, mostly the statistical model that I'm aware of available that can use, that used previous data, previous traffic incident data at different stages of traffic incident management for when the incident occurs, when how long it takes to verify it, and how long when the response has arrived. So from this time, it can be a model can be developed to improve that the response time as well as when it is being taken to the normal traffic. Okay, thank you. Ah, uh, oh, sorry. Um, so another question from David is, do you consider the network operation aspects in TIM, i.e. balancing travel demand versus network management? Um, I think in the, um, in the report we have a table that assessing how 
the team process having an impact on or being relevant to traffic operation and planning, and that's the core um, method of uh, managing network, road network, and that's in section 4.3, I believe. Yes, um, the table table 4.3. Yes, I'm not sure whether okay. it fully answered the question, but yes. Yeah, I hope it's clarified, David. Uh, but if yeah, if you had another question, just um, put it in the comment section. Uh, a question from Andrew is: While there are most state agencies approach private road operators, have rolled out much more advanced incident management crews that include TMAs and tow vehicles. Should or will these be included? So I'll say that one again. While there are most state agencies approaching private road operators have rolled out much more advanced incident management groups. Um, should these be included? Um, I acknowledge that um, the um, we didn't actually consult with private operator and the tra transurban and the like probably having more advanced technology or techniques that are available and I think that's probably should be included or be part of the future research or um, discussion. Yes. Okay, thank you, Art. From David is, in your research, did you discover methods relating to performance management, example, targets and measures? Um, not that I'm aware of, as if. Would you know anything? No. no. Not actually. Performance management. No, sorry. But yeah. yes, again, because I think it is out of the scope of the original proposal. So we haven't looked at the performance management, but we definitely looked into the performance evaluation process. Okay, thank you, Azif. This one is from Chris. So this relates back to mobile phones and driving. So for the South Australian system, is it desirable to send drivers text messages on their phones when they are driving? So that's kind of similar to the previous question. Yep, so as I mentioned earlier, again, that would be an interesting future research. So definitely if, so too, if you're seeking my opinion, my answer would be, if the system, if the drivers are using in-vehicle technologies, then yes, like auditory messages, even though the drivers may get distracted from that auditory messages as well. So that needs future research. Maybe someone can test this one using driving simulator, where the drivers are distracted and their performance, how their performance has decreased due to auditory messages, uh, if it has been sent to some in, through some in-vehicle system. Because um, as if okay. the is in relation to mobile phone distraction and how it impacts the traffic operation. So I believe your opinion is based on your um, significant study into the topic too. Yes. yes, that's true. Okay, yes. Thank you for answering that one. Question, another question from David is, what is the next step for the framework? I think we're wanting to look into how the framework can be um, utilized in the real-world context. But one of the keys that that already been um, undertaken is to update the um, guide to Oswald Guide to Traffic Management, and um, by providing this diagram and some cross references to this report to really put it out there in terms of looking at the whole um, iterative process of team and, and maybe in 10 years' time, because really this project is 10 years from the 2007 um, NS1017. So maybe in a, the next, in a decade or so, we come back and we look at how far we have progressed through adopting this team process and all the principles. 
Okay, thank you. Thanks for answering that one. A uh, question from Tim. So he's asked if you could provide more detail on the use of micro-simulation modelling, which is slide 32. So maybe a bit more explaining on the micro-simulation model, modelling. Uh, microscopic simulation modelling tool can be used to check network operations as well as network performance. For example, the speed on a particular link or the performance of any particular intersection. Uh, to that point of view, just I'm just creating a hypothetical scenario. For example, if any incident occurred in any particular precinct, then we can develop or we can block that particular precinct, say maybe blocking one lane or blocking two lanes, and then check the traffic efficiency for that particular network or for that particular corridor and even for the larger network, say, for example, Sydney network. The main idea of this is to using the baseline scenario, that is the normal traffic condition, how the driver performs and what are the performance matrices, for example, speed, travel time or journey time for that particular link or for a particular set of origin and destination. Now, the next scenario is if an incident occurred in any particular link of that transport network, then how drivers perform or what are the performance indicators, again, for example, uh, speed, travel time, and etc. So from comparing these two scenarios, we can clearly see, we can compare the speed when during a normal condition and the performance in relation to speed or travel time when an incident occurred for that particular condition. Then we can also play around with the response time or when it's been taken to the normal traffic condition. Say, for example, if it takes around an hour, we can run the simulation for an hour and see how what happened during that time. Then we can also play with the timing as well, say, for example, 30 minutes. Then we can check the difference between how it affects the network because of that 30 minutes difference. So this is how we can play around with different things in microscopic simulation and better, get a better understanding of how it works and what happens if by any chance delay, any chance in terms of responding to that incident, clearing that incident, delaying in that any particular phase or any particular step of the traffic incident management. So we can do some sensitivity analysis from that and then we can see the impact of the entire network or any particular corridor using microscopic simulation tools. So would you say as if mainly the um, output from micro simulation would fit into the second phase of IPTIM, i.e. planning for TIM phase? Is that your opinion? Yes. Okay. Thank you for answering that question. So um, we'll close it off here. We've um, answered all of the questions that have gone through the audience. It's good to see so many so many questions come through and so much engagement from the audience. So um, I'd like to thank Art and Azib for presenting. Thank you for coming today and presenting all the information. Um, and thank you to the audience for um, participating today. So um, we hope you found this session helpful. And if you do have any kind of further inquiries into the project, uh, don't be afraid to uh, contact us. Um, as we close this session, we encourage the audience to give us their feedback by entering a quick survey, which will pop up on the screen after the webinar. So, yeah, thank you, everyone, and have a good day. Right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you. See you.